In the newsroom, I'm Michael Arney. Here's your top story. Benton Township police are investigating a homicide and a fire that were discovered Saturday morning. They say police and firefighters were sent to home in the 1200 block of Coolidge Avenue around 7 a.m. on a report of a structure fire. Firefighters made entry. They found an unresponsive 65-year-old man inside. He was brought outside, pronounced dead at the scene. Police say circumstances surrounding the incident are suspicious. It's being investigated as a homicide. Anyone with information is urged to contact Benton Township Police. Unlike the recently closed Palisades nuclear plant near Covert, the Cook nuclear plant in Bridgman is running strong and likely to ask for another 20-year license renewal. Ken Lundberg visited the plant and has the story. Their primary role is to protect the health and safety of the public. Second to that, generate electricity. A lot of it. That's the view of Shane Lees, the chief nuclear officer at Cook Nuclear Plant in Bridgman. Lees took the helmet cooked nearly a year ago. The plant generates enough electricity to power one and a half million homes. The licenses to operate start expiring in 2034. That's relatively soon in terms of nuclear relicensing. And that is certainly something that we are interested in. And I would expect that it's something that we're likely to pursue. We haven't quite yet, but if we were to pursue that and we were to gain that approval, then we would operate till 2054 and 2057. In addition to time-consuming, subsequent license renewal is also costly, about $50 million. Lee says that cost will have to be shared with all who benefit. As for Palisades, Lee's wouldn't talk about current efforts there to reopen, but indicated restarting a shuttered nuclear plant would be a first. It's never been done. So once they figure out that process, I'll be able to tell you how hard it is. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. A group representing migrants is calling on state lawmakers to support a bill that would allow undocumented migrants to get driver's licenses. With the People, Michigan, Southwest Michigan organizer Lupita Sanchez tells us legislation known as Drive Safe will soon be introduced in Lansing to allow them. She says farms and other businesses that employ undocumented migrants need their workers. You know, the farmers, they don't have to be worried about not having uh, workers because they are afraid to come to Michigan. Sanchez says allowing undocumented workers to get licenses would ensure that they've gone through the needed training and testing to be on the road. Plus, they could get insurance. They have to drive to take kids to school. They have to drive every day, going to work for medical appointments. And they don't have access to another service. The group is hoping to get State Representative Pauline Wenzel to support the Drive Safe bills. They planned a town hall Friday in Hartford to make the call, although Wenzel's office told us she wasn't going to be there. A representative of Wenzel says those in the U.S. legally can get a driver's license. He said Wenzel doesn't support an expansion of that, but would look at making it easier for people who are legally present to get their temporary license. It was three years ago Friday that the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services announced the first two positive cases of COVID-19 in the state. Plenty since then has changed, including how people see their doctors. Infectious disease physician Dr. Priti Milani says the early stages were tough. People may not remember, but we couldn't even test for COVID easily. Those tests had to be approved and sent out to the state lab and to the CDC, and we didn't have treatments. We certainly didn't have vaccines. So we were really stuck in a situation that was it felt very hopeless. In fact, today we have so many tools and our understanding is, is quite uh, sophisticated. She says when COVID emerged three years ago, it was like the lights suddenly shut off. She added virtual care also started to take off during the pandemic and is still around today. 
Silver Beach Hotel in downtown St. Joseph will reopen soon after being closed for more than two years. Owned by Riverview Hospitality Group, the facility has been undergoing extensive repairs and renovations for the past year. It's close to allowing building inspectors to clear the hotel for occupancy and operation. Riverview Hospitality Group's Jay Patel says they will not have any on-site restaurant or cocktail lounge and will not finish the ground floor space it used to hold that, but they might lease it in the future to someone. He tells MoodyOnTheMarket.com that floors 2, 3, and 4 will have around 75 rooms. They've all been updated. Rooms on floors 5, 6, and 7 still need work. They will not be open just yet. Patel says opening before the start of tourist season remains a goal, but he says they do not have a firm date yet. In the newsroom, I'm Michael Arney.